Say Shura. I'm Jim Jim. I'm Scoot Magoo. And uh, so we've we've got a lot of crap today to talk about. Okay, so I'm I'm sorry, God. So yeah, no, it, it's it's not crap. Um, it, it's actually I to be completely honest, it's all very interesting. I'm actually really looking forward to a couple of of the reviews we're doing today. Uh, but first things first, um, Baroness is finally coming out with what john basley is saying is going to be like the last of their color albums uh, mm-hmm. called golden gray which um i can we just riff on this really quick because like i don't really understand why it wasn't just silver and gold or just gold and silver right yeah and a lot of people had expected orange um because that would kind of round out more or less that, the... that too the, the, you know the the primary rainbow colors obviously you know putting aside indigo and purple instead of violet but yeah instead they went with gold and gray um yeah. not really sure why but in any case and unfortunately this is a um this is a listening only podcast so you know on your own time here's some homework go look at the oh artwork because it's it's gorgeous yeah uh, it's just it's phenomenal yeah we, we were um, talking about this earlier this week that like the this is one it, this is without a doubt the most beautiful baroness album cover to date and it's just it yeah, yeah. it's so intricate so well done it, i mean like it, not it not that like the best album cover of the year honestly i i keep thinking about it it's just so so beautifully done mm-hmm. um, it's just yeah it's and, amazing i mean I, I i'm a really big fan of uh, art nouveau which basically really takes influence from here um yeah i it's it's fucking amazing i i really do i i urge anybody listening to this to, to just look at it because it is just it, it's a piece of art it really is um i just i have, I have nothing bad to say about it honestly they there's just like yeah like you said there's just so much going on um yeah anyway so they have this new uh track out called what is it whole um Borderlines. I'm sorry. I, I, I mixed that up with um oh there's some oh I was thinking of Kieran J. Callanan. He has a new track out this week that I I listened to like thirty seconds of and, <laughs> and had to just put away. But beside the point. So I actually just listened to this thing. I've I've been kind of um not exactly busy this week, but just a procrastinating asshole, I guess. Um <laughs> A procrastinal. Yeah, procrastinal. Thank you. <laughs> so, but, uh, so I, I didn't really watch the music video, but I was listening to the track and I, I really like it. Um, and I say this as someone who's not the biggest Baroness fan. Like, I, I found red and blue, uh, yeah, was it red and blue to be like, eh, like, like not really my thing. And then, uh, I, I liked yellow and green a little more. I really liked purple. Um, and this just blew me away. Um, but I have to ask you, but did did this remind you at all of, of Crack the Sky or a Mastodon? Yeah, it, it did yeah. feel a little bit um, it because they've they've slowly been moving, um, you know their their roots, especially with Red, was very um, deeply progressive and a lot of um, 
unique ideas bring into like a heavier sludge metal mold. Blue blue was a bit more melodic, and then from there they've just gotten increasingly more um, almost hard rock influenced. Yeah. I mean, like like some of the, some of their singles, like you know, "Shock Me" and um, um, "Take My Bones Away." You know, for example, they've released some essentially radio rock hits. Obviously, I don't yeah. think it's ever had that crossover appeal, but I think this. This straddled some interesting lines. Like there was, you know, some guitar work, especially like the end was um, some really groovy, almost progressive bass lines in throughout. Um, yeah, it, it really did feel like a good amalgamation of a lot of things that they've done before. Um, yeah, I definitely can see that crack the sky uh, comparison well, it, for sure. I, I'm trying to remember. The, there's there's a track on Crack the Sky that sounds like eerily close to this. Um, not to say that these guys are, are ripping Mastodon off, because I think Baroness have, have proven themselves to be their own band, uh, you know, very much since since the beginning of their career, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I all that to say is I really enjoyed this. I think Gina Gleason's additions, you know, on guitar are just fantastic. I think she's a great member of the band. Um, you know, I, I have nothing bad to say about this and i i really like i I was preparing to be like indifferent basically to you know just like a new baroness record because like it it, they've never been like a band that's like huge on my radar but like after listening to this single i'm like i'm really psyched for this thing Mm -hmm. um so you know if you guys haven't already uh you know check this thing out it's uh you know again it's called borderlines their this album golden gray comes out june 14th uh, do you do you think this is going to be a double album, just like Yellow and Green, or? Well, that's um, that's something I'm I'm kind of interested about. There's there's a number of aspects. First of all, I think it's interesting that they release a, a song that's so deep in the track list, um, because you know mm, yeah. they uh, uh, take you know the last couple lead singles they've released, "Take My Bones Away" and "Shock Me," you know from Yellow and Green and Purple respectively. They were like some of the first songs on those albums, so and they were kind of very you know, they had great hooks and again, kind of like the hard rock feel. This was kind of a, a longer, more somewhat progressive, you know, winding track. Um, and it came pretty deep in the track list. So I, in a sense, I don't know if it gives a great um, depiction of what the entire album will be like. So I'm interested in how that kind of goes about. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, kind of to your point, the, the at least the articles I've seen, including the Pitchfork article I have up right now, um, just kind of lists a, a list of 17 songs and yeah. also um, it just it doesn't indicate you know is there going to be a split also 17 is you know surprise an odd number so you know I think yellow and green each had the same number of tracks so like you know maybe one disc will be larger than the other I mean it's it's well, kind of set up if it's even you know a, a double album because it, it could just like a bunch of these could be really short it, like, sure. The, yeah, absolutely. There's no telling. I I feel like if if it was going to be a double M, I feel like they they would have mentioned it by now. Uh, but just the idea of how it's two colors instead of one, and like the last two color album was a double album. Like, yeah, that, exactly. That's, that that's really it's just just sort of where my mind is at, basically. Um, exactly. In any case, I'm very psyched to see this. I'm, I'm really psyched to just, you know, I, I, I assume you're probably going to get, like, the LP of this. Um, I've uh, I've collected most of their stuff on CD. I do have Purple on vinyl. 
I, I um, thought you were yellow and green. Oh, excuse Bless me. You. No, I have that under the lock because actually I wasn't really collecting vinyl back when oh, I I, um, I bought yellow and green. So I, I just I, I remember you just like obsessing over the yellow and green artwork, like like the whole little packaging. Back I thought that day. was cool. Yeah. yeah, I think at some point I will try to collect all their albums on because i want to get them you know the for example the copy of purple i have is you know purple vinyl which i think it kind of makes sense if you're going to get um an album that's literally has like a color in the name if they have the option to get get that yeah. color, i think it makes sense um yeah i i, yeah, I, I mean i, I, I just want to see this thing up close more yeah so. that might be the other reason that i get um get it on vinyl is just to have like that artwork really um um you know, really on display and whatnot. Uh, the other thing, I guess the last point I'll have is given that this is their last... Um, chromatic. The album. last chromatic. Yeah. I'm curious what that means because frankly, each of their... It just, it kind of was a cool um, contextual theme. Not even contextual, just it was a cool theme. You know, running, you know, a running... Um, yeah. A running theme that... that didn't really have much meaning beyond the fact that it just you know red blue whatever yeah um, it's cool so i'm yeah. curious why they're why they're changing now um you know um you know what is next like i, I don't know maybe they're just tired of naming stuff like that I, uh, maybe they're going to go in a different way with the artwork i feel like only the aesthetics would take a change because that's the only thing that the name has really affected um so i mean obviously this is talking about the album after next we haven't even you know gotten the new album but definitely interested yeah because no. i feel like this is a closing you know this is all that baroness has ever released is color-based albums so yeah i i so i wondered like if they might just do like a thing like um like Cody and cambria their album before their last one was uh had nothing to do with like that whole amory wars concept line Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wonder, like, maybe it's just like, oh, they're going to do this for a couple albums and then just go back to colors, maybe, or you know, be- because like, like when 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 artists say something's final, um, I tend to take that with a grain of salt. To be totally honest, I, I, and it's it's not that I don't trust the musicians. It's just that like, so many things change over time sure. that th- th- there's no telling. Like, you know, l- l- like. Nobody would have thought that like Guns N' Roses would, would be back together in t- yeah. in 2019, but yeah. like here we are. So mm-hmm. you know, it's just one of those things. Um, yeah, I, I guess for me, I'm, um, it's not like they're they're saying, oh, you know, this is the end of this you know trilogy of albums or this uh, like you know thematic you know lyricism or you know concept albums or whatever. Um, so I'm, I'm curious what that could even mean in mm-hmm. terms of um, in terms of what. A non-color album would mean. I mean, in any case, I know we're gonna get the fantastic cover in whatever form. Yeah, that takes. So. Oh yeah, um, definitely. I mean, he's he's an amazing painter. I, I I would love it if he would put out a book of his paintings. Oh, he he has to. It's, oh well, I mean, he he has free will. He doesn't have to. But like, hopefully, at some point, he does. <laughs> when you say he has to, I I just see you like threatening John Baisley over Twitter. I'm like, come on, Scott. <laughs> 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 I will physically fight you if you don't release now. Dude, he would I'll kick your him. ass. I mean, the, 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 uh, yeah. the dude's around a bus crash. He's just like invincible. Like, exactly. Like, all right. Um, uh, 
Okay, I, I think we need to move on from here. Yeah, I mean, I mean, whether you're a fan of, of Sludge or not, I mean, they definitely have some rock appeal, especially in their later work, including this song. So I, I definitely think yeah. that, that you know, fans of rock in general, whether or not you are a huge fan of Sludge, would, would get quite a bit from, from what Baroness have to offer. Yeah, it's, it's a really, it's a great track. I It really surprised me. So, you know, I'm, I'm definitely excited. And I say that as someone who's not a huge Baroness fan, so... All right, so we have two reviews up today. Uh, first one, the new William Basinski album, On Time, Out of Time. Um, I was actually really looking forward to this uh, because uh, when the when I heard the announcement on Tiny Mixtapes, they mentioned that uh, it was they were uh, William Basinski was sampling um, the sounds of black holes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it says on his bank it says uh, these works utilize among other things exclusive source recordings from the interferometers oh man i i totally butchered that but um of ligo which is observatory capturing the sounds of the merging of two distant massive black holes 1.3 billion years ago can i can i I make a a quick diversion yeah that reminds me of like when you were saying from the interferometers and i'm like yeah yeah interferometers it reminds me of that episode of um Family Guy, oh, yeah. where, where yeah, Stewie's talking to Brian about the time, and he's like, "Oh yeah, intrigued match." Like, don't repeat what I just said. Like, you understand? You understand? What I just... You know what's really weird is that on this li- on this band camp, you you know how it shows people who buy, you know, the the uh, like the album. Yep. Yeah. The one of these people has Stewie Griffin for for a profile picture. Oh, that's funny. Just strange, strange coinky dink. That's uh, ironic. So basically, th- this is. Uh, this album basically has two parts to it. Well, I mean, so the first, well, just two tracks, really. The first track is the title track, which, again, you know, has to do with these black holes. Uh, the second one, I guess, is uh, they're saying it's from, it's a track recording during this installation, uh, which, so I guess this was, yeah, th- this was actually a sound installation initially that uh, Basinski did. And I guess that the second track, which I'm not even going to try to... Um, pronounced because it's just numbers and equations um yeah it's just sort of an output of that and uh you know so this has actually been out for like two weeks now um i I thought it'd be a good idea to sort of talk about it this week because we had you know another album to talk about sort of um so i I got to listen to this thing last week i I really i love this album a lot Mm -hmm. um and you know, I, I've mentioned before my, you know, I, I've, you know, I, I Basinski's sort of been a hit or miss for me. Like, disintegration loops is something that I, I still want to try, uh, you know, again at some point. But I, I just, it, it's a lot for me to digest. But you know, that being said, his previous uh, work with um, Lawrence English, yeah, Lawrence English. Thank you, Self Obscura, which. Uh, yeah, I, I I thought it was really cool. It was a really cool album, and um, and then actually, you know, Basinski was was cool enough to actually talk to us on Twitter a little bit about this. Yeah, thing. that was awesome. Yeah, you just that, get a little bit of we, insight. We, we made the... asses out of ourselves, or at least I I made an ass out of ourselves. Um, <laughs> frankly, uh, so yeah, Mr. Basinski, if you're listening, we're, we're sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> that that being said. I want to turn it over to you because you know Basinski's work much more than I do. You're much more um, fluent in ambient music. 
uh, than I am. So I, I'd really like to just sort of hear your take before we before I really sort of dive into some little thoughts on this thing. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Basinski has been one of the most well-known, respected, um, you know, modern composers. He's he's you know experimented with what um, with ambient music can be, what um, what you can do with you know tape loops and, and things like that. Um, th- this even went beyond what I expected. I mean, I went in, um, I didn't read anything about it uh, because I, I, I know that um, he does different, you know, different themes and there's like a, a concept behind it. So I just kind of wanted to listen to it without knowing that first. Mm. And man, like a lot of the way he conveyed the source material without even like knowing what it was like it mm. sounded very celestial it was one of the most um just hypnotic pieces that i've i've heard him release it, it was just so alluring it was it, it was I, I but the way it developed also like you know start out yeah. very you know meditative and and just kind of repetitive but then the way that it kind of um you know, expanded over time and just felt like you were truly like engulfed in space and, and, and engulfed in what was actually going on with, with these recordings. Um, it, it was just phenomenal. I found myself listening to it over and over again. Uh, and even so, kind of the the, the main theme of Basinski's music is the fact that there's just so much to unpack or, or there's so much you can kind of you know ponder and, and, and take out from these recordings. So I found myself just repeating this over and over again because it was just... So, how many times did you listen to it? Uh, I mean, I listened to it at work, and it was just like a perfect. Uh, yeah, it is. It is perfect to work yeah. with. Uh, maybe like even three, four. Five. I lost track. I just kept pressing because you know it just was perfect for, um, you know, for concentrating, but also just it was really rewarding to have on. Um, you know, mm. yeah, probably upwards of four or five times almost, just because it was so, um, just so good. <laughs> you know, frankly, it just it was so. Um, and, and then you know the the second track, which again is just an equation. Um, you know, kind of the, the interesting textures that that brought in and of itself. Uh, it's just it's a really well balanced release with a rich concept, and really glad that you brought my attention to it because I, I actually hadn't heard of this being released. Uh, yeah, I uh, usually so for those who don't know, Scott uh, is one of the editors on uh, Heavy Blog is Heavy, and so every Friday he does like a Friday like a release roundup thing and I, I was like i i ripped him a new one a little bit on last friday for not including this album um, i didn't see anything about it anywhere which really disappointed yeah, me like I, the, I, the, I thought you'd already known about it honestly that, 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 no i i didn't and I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned it because yeah. i remember when we were planning for this you're like oh we'll talk about you know new or at some point you said we'll talk about the new basinski i was like new basinski like you know what's that yeah. um and then yeah i mean i'm really really you know, sad that this didn't get more attention because it, it's it's one of my you know he he's consistently released great music over the last several years. Uh, and yeah, I, I I think I don't know. It, it does suck that he doesn't get as much attention because I think Selvascura was a really great record that really didn't make its way through like you know um, through critics you know work or like through critics websites at all. Um, mm-hmm. And like and I, I think part of it has to do with like. I, I think people were expecting a lot from A Shadow in Time when that came out. And I, I, I don't think everybody was, like, completely in love with that album. Not to say it was bad, because I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, 
but I, I think maybe there's been some sort of drop off. But then again, um, you know, ambient is such like they, they, it's 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 very much like insular to an extent. Mm-hmm. Like there are only like a few people who are able to like really jump out. Like like Brian Eno, I can see um, Liv Harris or yeah, is, is that her name from um, Grouper? Oh, Liz Harris. Liz yeah. Harris, thank you. Um, yeah, like both both of both of those people, like I think they they have this like I think part of that has to do with just like you know pitchfork, you know really just like ha- having having a bit of a hard on for them. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is I mean again it's a shame because Basinski is like just incredibly talented. He just he puts so much passion into what he does, um, that that you can't help but just like respect the guy. And I I I mean, I. I like I don't know, I th- this isn't a podcast to to wonder, you know, how a musician's doing or you know, a composer's doing or anything like that. I'm just it, it does suck that it, it feels like this album isn't getting the attention it deserves, uh, especially because I think like in this day and age, ambient like, like we we actually had this conversation a couple months ago now um, that like ambient music has sort of found this new dimension of like I don't know not exactly idiocy but like you know like it, it feels like a lot of people just aren't listening to it in the same way mm-hmm. it used to be listened to that it's you know it's more about like spotify playlists and it's more about just like it, it, like it feels like that there's no passion being put into it and i think right here we have someone who's you know doing the exact opposite who's really making intelligent ambient music and is unfortunately you know probably getting steamrolled for it I, like unintentionally yeah I, I think that that's what's what really has always set Basinski apart is that um, we've talked about before that a lot of times ambient music is um, it's probably the hardest genre or one of the hardest genres to or one of the easiest to make and one of the hardest to make well or make yeah. interesting and unique that, that's, and a, I feel that's like a good way to put it that's something that Basinski has always set himself apart with I mean this is easily something um, you know, another artist would have just taken the you know a brief sample and just looped it again. But like, you know, I, I feel like the way that he presents it and, and just the the specific way he uses samples over over his career and now this um, album in particular is just unique and, and so well thought out. And, and yeah, I'm again, I'm just really yeah. glad you brought this to I, my attention. Yeah, I, I would also say like you know, uh, by any chance, I, did you ever watch the movie Interstellar? Uh, a couple years uh, ago. Ah, no. It's, it's a relatively new one, right? Yeah, Matthew McConaughey. And, uh, yeah. yeah. No, I didn't see um, that. Because, so, for uh, like, for anybody who's a big fan of that movie, the initial trailer to that had, like, this really interesting um, classical score. And I, I can't remember who did it, but it was a really cool track that, like, really set the mood really well. And then, when I went into the movie... Um, it's just this Hans Zimmer score that was, like, actually, if, if you ever watched the Honest trailer for Interstellar, they're like, yeah, it's a score that sounds like Hans Zimmer fell asleep on his organ. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it really does, it's, it's it's so droning, but it just feels so thoughtless, in a way. And I really, honestly, like, I think within the first five minutes of listening to this last week, I was like, this is the Interstellar soundtrack that we deserve. Like, <laughs> like, I, and I, I say that with just the highest 
of, of regards because like I, I just like one, one thing I've always loved about ambient music is sort of that way it sort of transports you away from what's going on at the moment in, in a sense mm-hmm. that like you know um, like especially with dark ambient that like you, you sort of like get this idea that like you're out in space and like you know like there are a lot of I, I've, I've actually listened to there's um oh there's this group there's this guy who goes from the alias of like um sleep research facility i think and um he has this album called nostromo that is based off of the the ship from the alien movies from the first okay. alien movie and so the idea is like each track is like another floor on the spaceship and it's all i, I don't know I, have you ever watched the first alien uh, I have seen every part of Alien, just not consecutively. Okay, which is very odd. So but go ahead. I, I feel like this is a cinema podcast now. But at, at the beginning of Alien, uh, you know, there's this really famous sequence that it's like feels like at least ten minutes, if not more, of just basic silence as the camera sort of cuts to all these you know shots of like an empty spaceship just sort of running by itself. Um, and so, like, this album, Nostromo, was, was based on this. Like, was based on that idea that, like, just, like, what would this thing sound like without any people really being active on it? And so, mm-hmm. like, I dude, just that, that idea of, like, exploring space sonically has always been a cool thing for me. And the, the fact that this guy, that you know, that, that Basinski's, you know, sampling black holes, which, again, is, like, the, the, the astro nerd in me is just, like, wigging out at that. I just love that so much. <laughs> Um, I and I I love how just how well it 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 feeds into that like you know like it really feels like you're like um you you're sort of out there in space and you're looking at these black holes slowly merging and like even though you can't hear anything because there's no sound in space and in space nobody can hear you scream um <laughs> like you like this is this is what it's imagined to sound like and I I think that's so cool. Like I, I just, I really like that. I love the album cover for this thing as well. I think it's it, like I just keep looking at this album cover and it just keeps like entrancing me. Um, it just has this like cosmic, psychedelic almost sort of feel mm-hmm. to it, and I'm just completely obsessed with it. I, I really, I really love this album. Like I can't wait to listen to this thing more. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to probably buy it when I'm finally back home. Uh, that and, I mean, obviously the new Shoe Shoe record because I can't <laughs> stop listening to this, that damn thing. But Yeah. Um, yeah, so I just overwhelmingly positive here. I And I, I think this is a great place to start if you don't know uh, Basinski's work. Because, I, I, you know, I, I think this is something that, like, you know, if you if you know Ambient a little bit, like, I think this is a really good gateway. Because it, it, it's, it's not, like, it's not mind-numbingly repetitive. Like, like there's actually something you can really grasp onto if you want, and follow it along. As opposed, to, like I, I think that's that can be a be sort of a problem with some ambient music is that, like you said earlier, that that so, sometimes people will just abuse that like copy paste idea of just like repeating a sample over and over again, mm-hmm. uh, and without any real changes. But, but since he really knows how to sort of explore everything that this like that these samples have to offer so yeah really great album highly recommend it um yeah (laughs) 
no yeah it's um it's definitely something that i could see us talking about at the end of the year uh, oh yeah it's definitely it's a, just a um been looking for a great ambient album you know recently um and kind of running into a lot of the issues i've talked about before and yeah i guess uh you just kind of need to return to the names you know and see what they're doing next and i'm glad you uh yeah. glad you you let me know that he had something new out because i actually have been listening to um some of his his back catalog some some gas and and uh you know some older ambient so it's good to kind of have some new stuff that's uh you know refreshing and uh, really glad that he's still um he's still doing really invigorating great stuff because i feel yeah. like with you mentioned eno uh, a lot of eno's recent stuff just hasn't done as much for me which is really unfortunate because i really like his uh you know music for airport series so it's really great to see um older veteran artists come you know still coming out with great material um yeah. and uh, obviously not not to like you know not that you know stuff is bad or even to you know attack yeah, um, no, no. You know, another artist, but you know, it's it's just nice to see. You know, there are so many cases of older veteran artists kind of trailing off towards the end of their career, and I feel like Basinski is continuing to to create really quality quality albums. Yeah, I think some people really like um, Eno's. Like, well, so I think his last album was Reflection, if I remember correctly, but before that was The Ship, and uh, I mean, there are some people who really like that album. I I really couldn't get into it, but I I totally see what you mean. So. Mm-hmm. All right, so next review, uh, Matt Most Plastic Anniversary. Uh, we I think we talked about this briefly in our uh, anticipated albums of the year, um, because uh, so like I had heard about this earlier. I think uh, Earthshaker Devices, they're like a um, an effects pedals uh, company. They they had this video that was actually about the the two dudes in Matmos and sort of going over you know how they work and sort of like exploring their studio um and they they mentioned in that like oh yeah we're making like a plastic album <laughs> so uh it, but by the way that, that that video is worth watching they are hilarious guys they're like just they, they seem like super down to earth and just like really funny um and so you know, when this thing got announced, I was really excited because, I mean, just the idea, like, just the concept alone here is just really interesting that all they did was just, like, buy all this plastic and and just sort of, like, sample it, you know, in, in mm-hmm. different ways and, and try to make an entire album just using samples of plastic, which is just, like, such a cool... I, 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 I mean, this is something that they've been doing pretty much their entire career. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, but it's always been something different, like... um their last full length was um oh what was it called um oh oh damn it I yeah, know, what was it I know. called D- don't you kind of hate sec. yourself oh i have Ultimate his uh, too yeah um which was based on like a, a washing machine you know it's it completely and, like, and one of the cool things about what they do is you know like you said they've, they've always done something weird throughout their career and you know all the concepts that i've you know read and i haven't really dug into their back catalog which i really want to i want to change now yeah it's um, definitely worth that i i, but, I um, yeah uh yeah so they 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 bring forward these concepts which on paper you're like that that well, how the hell are they going to do that like even someone who's you know this is what they've done their entire career how are they going to make something that sounds good but yeah that album was was crazy <laughs> yeah it was just it was so like you know 
one of the cool things about their experiments is you can hear where they're coming from. Like if you listen to it, and you know the concepts. You can you can pick out, um, yeah, you know different sounds. That like okay, I, I I get that they made it this way, but yeah. also it just sounds like a good electronic music album. Like even if you didn't know the concept, it would still would sound enjoyable. It still you know it still sounds um, like a well made record. Yeah, um, and then you know, and of course the the added fact of of the materials that went into it is you know adds that extra level of oh that's really cool. Yeah, and then they they actually have an album called uh, Supreme Balloon. That is is actually it, there, there's no sampling in it at all. It, it, they're just using synthesizers, mm-hmm. uh, which is actually the first album of theirs that I actually listened to, uh, and I really enjoyed. It made me a fan. Uh, you know, so going into this, I, I had pretty high hopes. Um, and, and Anthony Fantano's a big Matmos fan, and he was really blown away by these lead singles that came out. Uh, I have to say though, like I'm not really sure how I feel about this. Um, it's positive, but I, it's not nearly as positive as like on time out of time. Really? Yeah. Um, so I, I'll go into what I think, but I, w- w- why don't you, um, just, you know, I want to hear your side of it first before I, I ramble. <laughs> yeah. I mean, personally, I, I thought this was, was great. Um, there were a few instances, um, Again, just given the nature of how I listen to to albums, I don't typically check you know track listings um, throughout. But there, you know, some there was some you know a plastic whistle at one point, mm-hmm. and um, a few other few flutes that they they use. You know, some more um, just kind of recognizable instruments, recognizable objects. Uh, but for the most part, it really was you know either you know you know distorted or what have you, and or just you know sounds that could be. Pretty much anything, um, and it was really cool that it, it to me it sounded like a great um, kind of you know off kilter electronic album. But obviously, you know that you know, the materials they're using are you know quite different from what <laughs> what most electronic p- producers use. Um, so you know, I, I was a big fan of this. I, I really it made me want to because you know as I was listening to this, I, I looked back at their discography, saw some of the other experiments they've done. And uh, just I was blown away by some of the you know just the sheer creativity that they have um, they have explored over the years. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I guess the, the only thing I would say is that there were a few moments where the the, the synthones, um I don't know if I want to say corny, but like they they just they felt a little um, yeah just uh, may, maybe as though saccharin. Like, yeah, so like it, it would just. It was a little, I, and this is just a me thing, but I preferred some of the, the darker, the weirder points. Some of the more upbeat moments just didn't quite gel as well with me. Uh, they did feel a little too uh, bright and happy, which again, there's nothing wrong with being bright and happy, but that's just not, um, that's, I preferred the other moments, I guess, is, is the best yeah. way to say it. Um, but overall, I had a you know, really great time with this record, and, and again, really Reminded me that I do need to dive into their back catalog at some point. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, I I have nothing but respect for these guys. Um, I, I was just, I, I really like. I enjoyed this thing from like track one to the end, but I think what really sort of threw me off was how they used these samples sort of to, as opposed to making something new to sort of adhere to previous electronic styles. 
and like they even admit this if you actually look on their Bandcamp page um, they say that like oh like the first out uh, first track breaking bread they actually describe it as a dance hall number um, you know and it's it's little things like that like that I so basically what what these guys do is is kind of like a modernized version of Muzi concrete you know in like sound art to a mm-hmm. certain extent and so you know for me like I, I mean like I, I like the thing I like about sound art is that it completely does away with any idea of like tempo or melody in favor of just in like just covering somebody with sound and just exploring the possibilities of of these sounds taken like you know taken away from their sources like, mm-hmm. you, you don't know exactly where they're coming from but you have like some, you know like I think with this album you have like a good idea um mm-hmm. You know, and and I so like, you know, it isn't to say that like something like Breaking Bread, like that I didn't I didn't enjoy it because like it was fun. You know, it was really like like you know, you, you definitely get a guy like it's very lighthearted for the first half of this album. Um, you know, but I I just found the like I found I felt like the more interesting tracks were like the third track, which was uh, Interior with Billiard Balls and Synthetic Fat, uh, <laughs> which you know great 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 track name um i i found that track really interesting just because of its um sort of the way like i said like it it just it's like skewed um sort of those ideas of like oh we need to have like one tempo going on and like we have to have a melody going on because it just like for like the first half of it i think is just like it just it's just billiard balls like sort of just you know clacking around and I thought that was really cool because, like, that, that that's something that, like, you hear, uh, you know, if you're playing pool, but, but you never really give much thought to it. And it's a really beautiful mm-hmm. sound, you know, if you really think about it. Um, so it's just, like, it's, it's things like that. Um, yeah, I, know, I, I feel like I'm not, you know, completely elucidating it the way I'm trying to. But, like, I, well, like it's fun to listen to. I will absolutely give it that. And I, like, I found, like, you know, even, you know, like, again, like, Breaking Bread, The Crying Pill, like, even those ones that, like, you know, retain more of, like, a melody and more of a tempo, they they did a lot of interesting things with the with the tempo instead of just doing, like, that four-to-the-floor, like, you know, same old repetitive type of thing. Like, mm-hmm. they, like it was very intelligent, like, you know, and I, I don't like to use the word, like, intelligent dance music uh, because I think... That that's a gross oversimpli- like oversimplification of a lot of artists, but mm-hmm. like I, I think that this is that would be a good genre tag here in in a, in a way because like you know they have like a lot of like these like you know counter rhythms and like things like that going on within a single track and I thought that was really cool, uh, and I would say just you know the, the the whole concept alone is is really cool even though. Um, I don't. I, how do you like? In a way, do you find these ideas uh, like to have like an album completely dedicated to this or that kind of gimmicky? Or, um, in a way, yeah. But I I feel like the way they execute it is. I I feel like there. To me, a gimmick feels like, or it feels negative when the results 
aren't like when the concept overtakes the actual quality like when you know what is worth um you know highlighting you know is that concept versus what actually is on record so i mean in a way um to me because i've always enjoyed the music i feel like it's more of a way to challenge themselves yeah and to go outside the, the box and be more experimental um i think just by the sheer definition of a gimmick you might be able to say it this is a gimmick i don't personally agree again because of just the the inherent quality of what they do you actually just put it exactly the way i sort of feel about this is that like i don't think like even though i think it it technically falls under the like the simple definition of a gimmick the but like i think i think there's sort of a statement behind gimmicks a lot like that they're like that they're doing this for you know a reason to like you know get attention Whereas this is not that at all. Like th- this is very much them trying to you know challenge their own art like artistic capabilities. Um, you know, and, I, but at the same time, like I just like like sometimes like like it like I was sort of hoping that there'd be like sort of like a range of plastic items uh, that were like more like because I. I I don't know, like the, this whole album felt very rhythm heavy, um, mm. and like you know, not to say that that's a bad thing, but I think that there's there's a lot that you can do, you know, you know, beyond just you know, beating you know a police riot shield, you know, mm. and things like that. But but maybe but again, I'm I'm not an expert by any means, so I I don't want you know like people to think that like oh you know i could do it better because I, I i i'm fucking clueless man i don't know this shit <laughs> so like you know um yeah all i'd say is just it, it it's sort of less something to be desired for me but i don't know that if i'm really looking at this album fairly because i think you know when i hear about the concept and you know when i in my mind when i think about what i know about matmos this album sort of just doesn't add up to the idea I had in mind, and I, I've said this before that I, I think this is a, I think that's a very unfair way of looking at an album, because you, you're not, you know, like your expectations are never based in reality. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, I I want to give this thing a couple more listens because like I I want to like it more, but I'm just sort of mixed right now. But it, believe me though, it is it is positive mixed. As opposed mm-hmm. to just like sort of ambivalent, like I I, I still like the, the the fact that this thing warrants this many listens still, and sort of asks you to li- like listen to it again and again. I I think that that's definitely a sign of quality. That's always been a sign of quality for me anyway. So that is really all I have to say here. I, I would also uh, for those people interested. Uh, the Bandcamp description for this thing is like, I don't know, like five paragraphs long, <laughs> and it's, it's it's pretty cool, um, just to see because they they actually talk about um, the actual samples that are being used in each track. So, uh, really cool. I highly check this out. I think if you're interested in these guys, I mean, I I feel like you, I mean, this is a good place to start too. I think so. Yeah, um, I, I think if you're expecting something more of, you know, as I've previously said in the, in the vein of like sound art or like musique concrète, 
I, I would say listen to Ultimate Care 2 first. Um, just because that has a little more of an abstract feel. Uh, but, you know, if, if you're, like, in, like, an Aphex Twin fan or, like, you know, like, a big, like, drum and bass fan, like, I, I think that there's a lot to love here. And this is a really, like, accessible album for those type of people. So. Yeah, I, I definitely think that this, um, you know, it's interesting um, in, in terms of, of what people might get out of this if, if they've never really experienced Matmos before. Um, I did feel like, um, and again, I've already forgotten the name, the washing machine album ultimate care um, too yeah definitely by the end it felt a bit limited only because they were using one object whereas i feel like using different objects with this um, opened up some of the sounds a bit more um i, I don't feel like that was a pervasive issue or, or a super big issue with ultimate care too yeah i mean just I, I definitely think this is a bit more varied for people ultimate care two to be fair is is actually a little shorter than this it's like a little over half an hour sure so sure, that's, you know that's also fair the, the, there's definitely a, like their focus is definitely different, you know, between these mm-hmm. two albums. So, yeah. No, that's, this has been a cool little review. Um, Absolutely. So now it comes to our little time, our favorite little time of the week, uh, albums of the week, uh, which we have a little more time today, so we can talk about these for a little bit longer. Uh, Scott, what's your uh, what's your album of the week? Uh, <laughs> um... So it's it's not it's not necessarily an album. It's a it's a compilation. Uh, this is something that my girlfriend Lauren and I were looking for um, for a while. Um, uh, actually, the the I'll, I'll I'll spotlight two albums. I'll break the rules because it's, it's our it's our podcast. <laughs> um, you know, we can do whatever we I, want. I didn't but agree to this. <laughs> I did. Uh, right, I'm, I'm going to do two albums too then. So. All right, fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I will prove that. Um, so the first, we went to at the mall of, of New Hampshire and Manchester. There's um, this place called Thrifties. They moved from I think they used to be on South Willow Street. They're actually in the mall now. And I was just I was browsing through um, my my girlfriend. I think she was looking at, at clothes or, or something. And um, I was looking through the, the used jazz LPs just to see if there was anything anything cheap. And it was this really cool looking album cover. Um, Never heard of the uh, the artist or, or what the, the band was. Ended up not being jazz at all. It was kind of um, new age, um, you know, synth heavy kind of world music. It, it was an interesting amalgamation of things. It was um, My Best by Kitaro. I guess he's a well-known new age artist, well-respected. Um, the, the cover really caught me. It was it was pretty cheap. I forget how much it was, but it, it was maybe around like five, eight bucks. Um, and yeah, it was it was it was really great. Um, it was just kind of like almost electronic world music, just very very interesting, um, interesting sounds, and uh, sounds really good on vinyl. So I was, I was glad I, I grabbed it. Um, while we were there, we have been looking for um, a copy of Simon and Garfunkel's Greatest Hits <laughs> for a while. Uh, just because it's something that you know Lauren mentioned she really wanted to listen to, so we found a copy for like five bucks, and we've been listening to it a lot <laughs> in the car. Um, and I forgot how much I really like Simon and Garfunkel's music. <laughs> um, there are a lot of songs that I. Uh, it's kind of the same thing when I was exploring the Beatles more. There were songs that um, I didn't know I knew. Like they were just yeah. they, they were like oh like I've heard that before I didn't know it was by them like just you know I've heard it on the radio or you know, in different movies or whatever. Um, 
and yeah, it's been a, it's been a great listen. I, I don't really buy greatest hits that often, but this is definitely you know every song is is great. I definitely want to look more into their actual discography to see what their albums are like. I just know that their greatest hits is like you know on you know one of the most purchased uh, you know purchased you know albums list whatever. Huh, um, I, I actually didn't know that. So. I think I think it's up there. Um, yeah. I, I think it, it's it's pretty well because I mean they they have so many great hits that were just um, you know had to package them all together. You know, you know Mrs. Robinson, Bridge Over Troubled Water, obviously Sound of Silence. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just I I can't help but think of the Disturbed cover whenever somebody brings up that song. You know, f- frankly, that that cover is like not terrible like yeah it, it, i actually really like it uh the most reason i say not terrible is because I, I feel bad or i feel weird giving disturbed like a lot of credit <laughs> um, but like yeah when wow. i first heard that i was like this is actually like not bad yeah like, this is actually really good. like people really shat on that cover and i'm like it's it's a different interpretation of it like it, it's i'm not gonna say like oh it's the best thing i've ever heard because like it's it's not but like it's still like you know considering its source material it's an interesting take on it um, I just I feel like people don't really understand what a cover is supposed to be because or I feel like their interpretation of a cover depends very much on what they think about um, what they think about that artist yeah. because you know in some cases they'll be like oh this just sounds so much like the original who cares or in other cases they'll be like oh like this is too weird um, and but to me like it needs to you know, reference the original while also being it's you know itself. It's it's a, its own thing. Yeah. yeah, like I feel like you need to find a balance because uh, unless it's like a super um, like a super cool original take, then like that's one thing. But like when it covers just like way out of um, like for example, um, oh God, I always I always find a way to criticize between the barrier. To me. But anyway, <laughs> come on, Scott, um, grow up. When they their 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 cover albums Anatomy of I haven't listened to it for a while, um, but a lot of the songs are basically just like them um, playing metalcore versions of like classic songs, and it's yeah. like okay, this is just kind of like this isn't creative. This is just you doing you, but you're singing like a Queen song. Speaking of, do you remember? I don't know if you remember this, but. Um... The Full of Hell and the Body collaboration, the first one, they did a Leonard Cohen cover <laughs> on it. Um, it, and it that sounds very familiar. Yeah, it, and it's it's literally just it just sounds like another Body slash Full of Hell song. <laughs> it's <laughs> it, it's kind of hilarious in its own way. Um, yeah, you know, speaking of good covers though, um, this is a weird one. Machine Head did a really great cover of um, Nirvana's. Um, uh, negative creep uh like it, it it stays pretty much to the original version but like it has this machine head flair to it that i really like uh and you like you know rob flynn really like just lets it all loose vocally and it's, it's really cool um there, there's some really good covers out there we, we should do an episode about just good covers that's a great idea yeah. because there are some great ones actually i'll, I'll do one more not to yeah you know, spoil okay. it if we do it but one that actually caught me off guard was uh, I do really still enjoy Ghosts uh, Opus Eponymous, their first album. Yeah, I really Scooby really Doo do. Album. <laughs> I really really do like that one. And on the bon- the bonus track they released, I think it was like on the Japanese version or something of the album. 
they did a cover of Here Comes the Sun by, well, I don't even need to say who it's by. Um, and never heard it was of the song really, before. You've never heard of Here Comes the Sun? I'm, I'm, I'm shitting you, Scott. Are you kidding? Uh, like, I, no, me, no, you, you out of all people? Know, Jimmy, it's all right. Don't worry. <laughs> it's okay. I, I, know, I know you're not well-versed in music. Did you get that joke? Did you get that joke? No. You said, you don't, know, you don't know Here Comes the Sun? It's all right. Oh my god, fuck you, Scott. Yeah, I was gonna say that that was like that was like the softest of softballs. Oh man. Um, but anyway, uh, Ghost Ghost did a really really great. Oh, the um, so so like, just, uh, I'm I'm just <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed in you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like they they had their own like occult flair, but it definitely had like almost like a poppy edge. Um, anyway, just to close out my my segment of this <laughs> this segment. Um, yeah, so Simon and Garfunkel's greatest hits. Um, you know, it proved a long and durable seller, currently being certified for 14 million units sold in the U.S. alone. It's easily their best-selling album in the U.S. and holds the record in the U.S. for the best-selling album by a duo. Huh. Uh, their greatest hits, because I, I knew it was you know it was kind of a different type of greatest hits that was just super. Um, but it looks like they only have a few like core albums. Like their discography is not that long, yeah, so they, I really they, do want to dive in. They they weren't around for like that long like yeah. long not long enough to have like you know like just a, a shit ton of albums under their belt so um with yeah, that and, uh, go ahead what were you saying yeah so the final final thing i'll say is yeah. that you all a lot of the folk artists that laura and i love like it's crazy how um you know just how much clear influence from uh from you know simon garfunkel had on them like just you know how much of a because uh, obviously this this was you know all in like the late 60s uh so yeah so th- that is my really weird <laughs> collection of of what i was listening to this week all right that's great um uh, so if, if i'm getting <laughs> that's awesome Scott. yeah that, that's fucking out no I'm just, you know me i'm out of it today um <laughs> If I'm going to pick two albums, this is really tough because they, there are a handful of things I really like that I listen to. Like, I finally listened to uh, Shoo Shoo's Angel Guts Red Classroom this week. Oh, that's a cool album. It's amazing. Like, I, I just, <laughs> like, I'm so angry that I slept on Shoo Shoo for so long because, like, I, I just want to buy, like, every album for them at this point. Um, yeah, they're a great, great band. Yeah. But all this to say, um, I think the album of the week that I was actually originally going to choose is um, the self titled Audio Slave album out of oh really of all things yeah well so <laughs> i used to listen to uh at least the big singles from this like uh like coaches or however you say that title um yeah i used to i used to love this album i used to listen to it all the time yeah and i, I think i borrowed it from you i think that, that that's how i got a copy of it on my computer like long long ago um you know it, so like i i loved like a bunch of the big singles from it but i never really like listened it's been like a few years even since i've listened to it all the way through and just like fuck it was just it's it's such a great just it's just a solid rock album mm-hmm. you know like like every track is just like necessary too mm-hmm. which is really like you know I, I think sometimes there are some rock albums that like you could probably like tr- take out like the last track and it'd be fine but like every track here was just like really well done and just I, i've had like a stone stuck in my head all week like in the weirdest way too because like i'll just wake up and like in my head just like on my deathbed <laughs> like just like i all i 
it, it just keeps getting stuck in my head and i think it's a great song and um i it makes me miss chris cornell even more sadly yeah um but so th- that's definitely one um i think the second i guess um so this isn't my favorite album of this band but uh opeth's blackwater park Oof. um yeah I actually, oddly enough, I had that on yesterday. Oh, that, that's really that's funny. Weird. Yeah, I, I had it on earlier this week. Um, yeah, it was really like it was cool. Um, just listening to it again, um, you know, it, like I think because it's been a while since I've listened to just Blackwater Park because usually I listen to uh, Ghost Reveries or Watershed uh, mm-hmm. or uh, Still Life because those are like my three favorite of of Opeths. Um, but listening to this and I'm like, fuck, like I. Even though I don't think it's their best, I can understand why so many people think it is. Like I, it's so well written and like it's so tight. To despite the fact that it's like I think it's like a little over an hour. Yeah, it's a little over an hour long. Um, and like the shortest track is five minutes, and the longest one is twelve. Like I, and it still, it's just a very, very well written album. And yeah, like, especially just Harvest is like my favorite track off of this thing. Just like. It's such a mysterious sounding track to me. Like it just, it it, feel, it feels like you're like, I don't know. Like, like I've been playing like The Witcher Three uh, for like the past week, and like it it sort of feels like it feels like being in the Witcher universe in a way that it's just like you're going through a forest and it's foggy and you don't know whether there's gonna be like some ghoul out there to attack you or not, and just like <laughs> it, it's really cool. Uh, such a great album. I, I really need to buy that. I, I I don't even know. I think I don't like Ghost Reveries on CD anymore, which is a shame because like, you know, like Opeth had a really good thing going, and then they kind of, um, you know, <laughs> they went all dad rock. They um, they kind of did. Sadly, I, I'm still holding out hope that that they'll have something, you know, good. To be fair, with Opeth, it's not it's not that it's dad rock that that sort of annoys me it's that it's just not written well yeah and also his uh Ackerfeld's a- attitude about the whole thing is annoying yeah like he had an interview I, I don't recall what it was with it was between it was after um heritage the, you know the first album yeah. that they did so it's like um, pale communion i think it's yeah, it was around then. It was before Sorceress, uh, yeah. which is you know the, the trio of, of mediocre albums. No, well, isn't, isn't there one like right after that too? I think Sorceress is the most recent one. I might be wrong. Well, let me Google that real quick. I, I'm, I'm anyway, up. You, you you go. Yeah. Anyway, they they asked him like, like, are you sad? Um, or, or like, you know, how do you respond to fans? You know, not being happy with the new direction, like you know, the lack of metal. And he's like, well, to me, it's all metal. You know, like Blue Oyster Cult. Like, he named, like, all these early hard rock bands. You know, Blue Oyster Cult, Black Sabbath. Like, that's all metal. I feel like that's what we're doing. Like, like really, you know, like, an obnoxious, like, totally unself-aware or just, like, you know, totally dishonest thing to say. Uh, Well, because he knows what people are... They're talking about the the lack of death metal, the lack of death growls. Like, he's basically playing it off like, oh, we're still a metal band. I'm like, yeah, I guess to a degree, but you're not... You're, not only are you not like that kind of metal band, you're not doing those extreme metal elements, but more importantly, what what made Opeth such a you know a legendary you know influential band is the way that they effortlessly blended 
Um, like that's one of the reasons Blackwater Park's one of my favorite albums is the way that they seamlessly blend melody and folk instrumentation and death metal and like not only just death metal just to have it there but like well written great death metal yeah. and great death growls really proggy was yeah. yeah how they brought it all together and now they've completely dropped that for prog metal that just sounds like hey remember yes remember <laughs> early genesis here you go <laughs> let's, yeah. let's just do that again yeah it's true like, it, it is kind of sad I See, I, I mean, I'm one of those people that, that thinks that, like, you know, like you mentioned just briefly, that, like, Blue Oyster Cult, like, those people, like, I think that those, like, traditional heavy metal bands still count as metal, but, like, I, I, I know what you mean, and it, it is a little annoying. Oh, yeah, annoying they, they absolutely that, do. Like, but at the same time, I think, like, I feel like if, if I was in that same vein, like, if 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 I was in Ackerfeld's place, and, like, he, you know, and somebody asked me, like, that same question, I, I'd, like... I'd sort of, like, want to just, like, punch him in the face. Because it's like, dude, like, like I'm doing what I want. Like, you know? Like, like I... To, to, to say that, you know, we the... You know, you the fans, you know, that, that we owe you, you know, an album that's exactly like this is is kind of missing the point. Um, oh, I, absolutely. He, you know, he doesn't owe fans anything. But also fans don't owe him anything. I think that's yeah. the... Yeah, um, no, that, that's definitely... That, that's definitely the other side of it, so... Yeah, um, and I don't think you know. I don't know if there's a right a right way for him to address it, but like him, I think that answer is like being coy and being like, yeah. like oh no, we're still metal. Like that, I think that's a little obnoxious. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's I think him saying, point. you know, look, this is it's it's skirting, yeah, exactly. it's skirting the you know, obvious. Yeah, exactly. Like if he just said, you know, look, this is just what I'm interested in now. This is what I want to do. I mean, that's all he has to say. You know, this is the direction I want to go in. You know, and of course he has every right to do that. Yeah. You know, we have a right to not care or want yeah. to listen to it uh, um, it, it does suck that but, there are some fans who just completely shit on them now and i'm like that that's that's not totally fair like no i mean th- th- like like it's, you, you, you don't need to be an asshole that that's i think that's yeah, what this it, comes down it's, to it's not like they released it's not like they just released you know like blackwater park and ghost reveries like two phenomenal albums and then they went down the shitty like they have there's a whole back catalog of phenomenal opeth albums yeah um that people can turn to and i know it sucks that that doesn't seem like the direction he's going to be going in anymore. You know, it's not like you don't have any great Opeth albums to listen to. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I think that, you know, I, I've listened to Blackwater Park more times than I can count, and it still holds up, you know, almost like the first time I've heard it. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I, by, by the way, Sorcerers is the most recent one, which is strange because they, they should be due for something this year. Um, I think I've heard rum, I've heard rumblings that they're, you know, looking to do something new. Um I don't really plan on. I, I haven't listened to anything since yeah, Heritage, I, I mean, frankly, like just I, because Heritage, I, Heritage was. So, I I definitely want to listen to like a new single when it comes out. Uh, I I I'm pretty sure we'll, we'll probably end up talking about it at some like if if they come out with something like at least a single. Um, but I, that that doesn't mean I'm I'm exactly um, you know, all out for <laughs> excited for it, so that makes any sense yeah i mean i at some point i need to listen to um the the, the most you know their, their most recent albums i just i really didn't like yeah we, we should we should do that really at some didn't point. like heritage that that would be a cool episode too um <laughs> yeah just to, to, to talk about and like kind of go in depth because you know it's, it's not fair for me to say the things i've said without listening to i mean i have listened to heritage in full and that, that's what i really was like okay this is not i, I couldn't like, even get through not heritage. what i'm looking for like I, I couldn't get through it honestly it was just and I, and I bought it i bought the album and i and i couldn't get through it 
Uh, it was just so, yeah, just the writing on it. But a- anyway, so Blackwater Park and uh, Audio Slave. So <laughs> albums of the week. A very, for me. very diverse selection all around. Yeah, well, I, I had a couple other things. I had. Like, I, I had like Deftones, like self titled album on last night. I'm like, fuck, this is such a great album. I totally forgot. Like, like Hexagram is just such a great track. And like, like just every track on 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 that album is great. Uh, but like Converge's Axe to Fall, um, Hendrix's mm-hmm. Electric Ladyland. I had Coltrane's Africa Brass. I had Miles Davis's Sketches of Spain on, which was like oh nice, beautiful. Um, you know, oh I I had I was actually gonna pick this um, in Fallout Boys Infinity on High. <laughs> you, there you go. Yeah, That's which awesome. I'm like there goes my credibility, <laughs> but. <laughs> I I don't care that that that's a great album so <laughs> all right I think I think we I think we need to put an end to this thing so <laughs> all, right. all right well thanks uh you know thanks for another great episode yeah and thanks for listening yeah have a good week all right take care bye bye.